0: Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.
1: What we're trying to do in the art of manliness is bring back this, uh, what I call as a classical ideal of manliness. Um what I mean by that, that is the, the idea that the manliness that, um, that started the, with the ancient Greeks, um, the ancient Romans and really was with us in the West until about the 1950s, 1960s when a lot of the, um, you know, the social changes we had during that time. And what I mean by the classical idea of manliness is, you know, if you asked someone like on the street, like what in ancient Rome or even in America in the 17th, you know, the 19th, 18th century or someone in the 19th century, like what does manliness mean to, to you? And they would say things like, oh, well, being a man or manliness means, you know, being a man of virtue means being, you know, having strength, having uh, you know, not just physical strength, but also moral um, and intellectual strength, courage means having honor it means being industrious it means um providing and uh, contributing that was another important like it was it, being a man in ancient rome and even in a, a um in america until you know fairly recently being a man meant you had to contribute to society um you had to be engaged in the public sphere and not um think only about yourself and um and to me that that's that just that tastes good that idea of manliness. And now when you ask what, you know, guys, like, what does it mean to be manly? Like they'll say dumb stuff. Like, Oh, being manly means like sports and playing video games and like eating meat. And it's, it's very manliness today is very self-centered. I feel like very narcissistic. Um, and so we're trying to bring kind of re- revive this idea of, of manliness being something more positive positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of sort of the what we sort of the I guess it's more cartoonish what we have today
2: I'm Srini Rao and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books and created insanely interesting art for more check out our 500 episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com
4: So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a
5: thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20 to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? Sold! Give it a try
3: at mintmobile.com slash switch.
5: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
4: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft.
2: Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, You know, we had you here back in the days when we were called Blogcast FM uh, to talk to us about your site, The Art of Manliness. So, uh, you know, obviously that was almost three years ago. So, a lot has changed since then. We have a ton of new listeners. So, uh, tell us a a bit about yourself, your background, your story, and and how that has led you to doing uh, everything that you're doing today.
1: Sure. So, that's a a pretty broad question there. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just an average, I grew up in a suburb of Oklahoma City had a pretty average American life for a guy, played football, all that stuff. Um, And how I got started with the art of manliness was when I was in law school, um, this is back in 2006 or 2007, my second year of law school. Um, I, you know, I, one thing I, I'd always do whenever I'd go to like borders or Barnes and Nobles to kill time, I would just go to like the men's interest magazine, you know, the men's interest section, of the magazine rack. Right. So you have like men's health, men's fitness, Esquire, GQ, Maxim, FHM, I guess stuff was around then too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just, you know, just like look at the magazines, Right um, and not buy anything, which is probably why borders went out of business because <laughs> people like me did that. Um, and, but when I was in my second year of law school, uh, I was just sitting there looking at the headlines and I just had this like, I don't know, this for like epiphany or not epiphany, peripatia, I don't know, whatever, just like this, it's the same thing every month with these men's magazines. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always like how to get six pack abs, how to get hooked up with like three chicks this weekend. Uh, here's the, here's a, a babe, you know, telling you like what she likes. And it's like, why do I care what this supermodel likes? Like I'm, I I don't, I'm married. Um, it doesn't interest me. And like, you know, selling a lifestyle that I, I, I certainly couldn't afford as a in-debt law student. Um, and so I'd been blogging for a little bit. Um, before this time I had a blog called the frugal law student where I just kind of, it's like a personal finance blog and type of law school advice, study tip blog. And it, it, it done moderately well, not insanely huge so I had some experience with blogging and I decided you know what I, can, I want to start the men's magazine that i I want to read like, mm-hmm. i like this stuff so um, I started kind of brainstorming had my moleskin pocket notebook and I started like thinking of ideas and what I'd want kind of articles I'd want in a, a men's magazine and uh, I started thinking about names for the this, uh, men's magazine or a blog that I would want to had one like um, I, I had read this book called the manly arts which is, it was about bare knuckle boxing, boxing in the 19th century. And so I started like, I, told my, came up, I was really excited and I told my wife. And my, at the time, my wife really didn't get blogging. Um, she thought it was kind of, she read blogs, but you know the idea of blogging was sort of, she's like, okay, why do you do this? Um, and I was like, I got another idea for a blog. She's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you know, you're in law school, you, you have the frugal law student, you know, focus on law school, you know, you, you got to get a job after... You graduate, uh, but you know this is a really great one, and like she got really excited too. She's like, well, "That's a great idea." Um, so I started brainstorming so ideas. Like, I think I'm going to call it like, the manly art. She's like, "No, that doesn't sound too good." And I was like, "How about the art of manliness?" She's like, "Oh yeah, that's great." So that's how the art of manliness was uh was uh, coined. And I yeah, I bought the domain, um, installed WordPress, and I really didn't do anything. This is like fall of 2007, I couldn't do anything because I was in the middle of law school finals. And so I waited until Christmas break and, um, installed WordPress, did the whole design by myself, which, which sucked because (laughs) I wasn't a web designer. Um, but yeah, the idea that what art of manliness was just basically, uh, I'm a big sucker, a sucker. I'd say I'm just inspired by the past, right? I love sure. men. I mean, I, I'm just really inspired like by men like my grandpa. Uh you know, World War 2 vet, uh forest ranger, uh and just a just a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. And I know like other got men my age that I've talked to like they feel the same way about their grandparents, their grandpas. They're, like, they're just like, yeah, my grandpa's the coolest guy in the world. Like he just knows everything. He just seems very confident. Um and I mean, yeah, I want to be like my grandpa. So, uh, I was definitely, when I, when I started the site, I wanted to sort of have that sort of nostalgic feel. So yeah, when you visit this site, it's, you know, got hardwood, it's got like the wood background and all our photos are typically vintage. Um, and we just talk about stuff that, You know, I I was always drawn to as a boy and as a young man, um, like what it means to be a man. So, like straight, you know, shaving like in a traditional way with like uh, safety razors, straight razors, Um, dressing well, but not in like a very, uh, you know, very traditional way. I'm I'm not very fashion forward. I'm, I'm all about just you know the blue, the Navy suit, the charcoal suit, um, looking well, but not having to be fastidious about it because that's like my, that was how my grandpa was right. He dressed well, but wasn't, he didn't spend hours in front of the mirror trying to, you know, get everything right. My grandpa wasn't, wasn't, wasn't peacocking. Let's Mm just say that. Um, and then just sort of like skills, right. That I, I, I wish I knew. But I didn't, for some reason, didn't acquire while I was a young man. So things like, you know, building fires without matches, changing the oil in your car, you know, saddling horses. I mean, this is like stuff that like your grandpa like knew, right? Um, so I started it and um, I didn't think it would, I didn't think it was gonna be a business. Like I, I just started it as it was more of a passion project and uh, it, it just blew up right away from the gig i just i shared it with my my readers on the frugal law student and it just started getting passed around and pretty soon i had a a pretty big following and i was like man this could be what i could do for a living and yeah so i mean here we are i guess like we're almost we're hitting five years into this Mm -hmm. or six years and um we have 13 million page views you know Tens of thousands of email subscribers, um, lots of, you know, just a, a huge following books that we publish based off of the site. Um, and this is what I do for a living now. So yeah, I graduated law school and I didn't take the bar exam and <laughs> now I write about being a man.
2: Cool, all right, so a lot of stuff here um, that that actually you know is is really interesting. I want to go back to the very beginning. Uh sure. you know you talked about walking in and having an epiphany, and you know this is a conversation that I've had with a few people, and a question that I've had is that some people are aware of when those moments occur. And others are not. And then, of course, you know, there's yeah, there's one thing to, to, you know, know that, hey, holy crap, I just had this epiphany. And it's another entirely to do something about it. So, I mean, I'm curious, is there something that you think people can do to develop that kind of awareness? Because I think people miss opportunities around them all the time. I mean, you could have walked into Borders that day and been like, ah, oh, Maxim sucks, this sucks, screw it, I'm out of here.
1: But yeah, you didn't, well, you know? It's, yeah. I think that's, the, I mean, t- I'm just writing stuff down. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, um, I don't know, just the act of writing things down does something like your, your, your brain begins to trust you. I don't know. I know this is like completely woo woo stuff. And I, I, I completely <laughs> popped to that. Right. But like, I think your, your, your brain starts to trust yourself that like, yeah, you're going to actually do something with these ideas that I'm spitting out at you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just, I just wrote everything down. Like I, I wrote ideas down all the time and, and a lot of them, like they didn't go anywhere. Cause like, I was like, yeah, cause like later on you're just like, you review your ideas like that sucks. That sucks. But you know, um, When I, I just, I don't know, I felt good about the art of manliness. I was like, this is, this is cool. I I think this could be, and i and, um, I know if I wasn't in that habit of like capturing ideas and like thinking about them, um, I probably wouldn't have that, that the the whole idea of the art of manliness probably wouldn't have, uh, borne any fruit. Is that something you still do today? Honestly? No. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, I, I, uh, I'd, I mean, I I do capture ideas like when I'm surfing the net, like I'll use Evernote, Uh you know, whenever I see, read an article, you know, save that to my notebook. Um, But as far as just like when I'm out and about, because honestly, like I'm, I'm in, I'm at my house most, I'm inside my house most of the day because I'm working and then I got kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So like having a pocket notebook with me, um, I don't know, it's not that useful. And also I have my, I have my smartphone too. Mm -hmm. So like, I just use that. So, I mean... I do, but not as I was pretty intense about it uh, at the time. Cause like, this is like when I, I had first discovered life hacker and like all these life hack blogs when they were first starting out. And like, I remember I just, I went crazy on that stuff. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, I just did everything, uh, full tilt. Um, so yeah. I was really intense about writing down ideas. Not so much anymore. It's definitely a habit I need to get back into.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting you bring. It. I mean, the reason I asked that question uh, is is because it, like, I. It's funny. Our friend AJ Leon says that you know he can trace back almost any project that he's shipped, which he's shipped amazing projects, to the pages of a notebook. And it, you know, it's funny because I've been going through my old moleskins. I mean, I have them stacked. I mean, it's funny because we've gotten so digital. We have smartphones, and I, you know, here I am. I'm like going back to pen and paper uh, in a way that that I never have before and just really embracing it. And what I found is it does something really different for your creativity. But I think that the really bigger sort of point that you made was writing down, even though it sounds very kind of new agey, is that it does get that something happens when you yeah. write something down. I don't know what it is. Um, I can't put my finger on it, but I mean, I, I can go back and look at a lot of the things that I see physical manifestations of in my life. And I can go back and look into the pages of a notebook and I'm like, wow, I wrote that down like two years ago. Yeah, and yeah, and these crazy. things happen. Uh, well, you know what? I want to talk a, a bit about your entire creative process, if you don't mind. Because sure, uh, I mean, you guys produce stuff that is at a level that's honestly above what many people do. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, I mean you, you take your craft very seriously. And it's something I've always noticed about the way you guys do everything you do. It's not, it doesn't seem you know, poorly put together. It looks like a lot of care and attention has gone into detail in terms of the content you publish, in terms of the way you guys show up. I, and I'd really love for you to talk about your creative process for how you produce such high quality work.
1: Sure. Um, So it it helps that oftentimes my wife and I collaborate on content together. Um, You know, two heads are better than one. Um, But yeah, you're right. Like we take a lot of pride in the content we put out. Um, You know, I feel like with a lot of people who are producing content. They just, they're just trying to get stuff out there as fast as they can and put it out as, you know, as much as they can. Um, and we're geared towards like, we want to be as thorough and as useful as possible with our content. So we, yeah, we plan things out, uh, quite ahead in advance. And, um, you know, if there's a topic that we want to hit, uh, we will start reading about it. Just reading, just, you know, not just one book, but like four or five, six books on the topic, um, you know, months in advance and, uh, you know, we'll start taking notes, um, and outlining things and started hashing and having a back and forth conversation. And then, uh, one of us will, uh, you know, typically take the lead on a particular post. They'll write something up. Um, and then they'll spit it back to the other person. Um, they'll add their, fine-tunements to it, their, their input into it. And it just goes back and forth until it gets done. Um, and, uh, so that that's the creative process as far as producing content. So, you know, we, we, you know, sometimes we can spend, um, just like a, a, a few days on a, on a, a post, but oftentimes there'll be, you know, weeks or even sometimes months of, you know, work and research and organization, um, into a, a post. Um, and yeah, whenever we, and we, we try to, um, pass it on to our contributing writers, like, you know, look, we're not looking for like just a 500 word article where you just sort of spout your opinion on something, your thoughts about something. Um, because no one cares. And I think in the end, like no one, I don't know, to me, I, I don't care what some person's opinion. I want some, like, I want some, I want to, when I read something, I want to see that someone put thought, uh, analysis, um, and, and research into it um and so yeah we we we've thankfully found people who feel the same way about us uh, that we do when it comes re- when it, in regards to putting out content that doesn't say that every once in a while we'll like just spit something out like mm-hmm. in a day because you know that sort of like in-depth thorough uh writing and research like it totally takes a toll on you um and so every once in a while you have to do something fun um so, you know, we'll might do a, a whole blog series about the history of, you know, masculine honor. And that was just a crazy, uh, was, that was like crapping a pineapple, putting that, that out. But, you know, then we'll do something like, you know, how to throw an illustrated guide to how to throw a punch or how to survive falling through the ice, which, you know, doesn't take that much time to put together, but it's, it's fun. Um, so yeah, that's the creative process. And yeah, we're always capturing ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, what's amazing whenever you research, like we do is as you're researching for a particular, you know, for, for a one post, you, you get ideas for other ones. So, I mean, we, I mean, seriously, I, I don't think we'll ever get to all the content we want to get to. Um, cause we just don't have time, uh, to be honest. Uh, cause we have some, we have like this notebook full of, I, you know, just Topics and um, posts we want to hit um, that we found. So that's that's the creative process for us. Mm-hmm. It, it's very we're very um, uh, workman like. We're not you know we're not really into the whole um, oh inspiration struck me. So I'm gonna write this thing at three o'clock in the morning. It's we're very uh, I, mean, I mean it's, it's i think it comes from our backgrounds like my i have you know i have the law background so uh-huh. you know you're very when you researched uh, law review articles or researched for uh, a client uh, you had to be very meticulous thorough my wife uh, you know has her masters in religion she's very academic so she has that same sort of uh, workmanlike mentality when it comes to researching and writing
2: that's interesting. You know, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who who approaches the creative process in such a sort of methodical way. I mean, I think everybody has their rituals for sure. Um, but I mean, you're right. You're very much workmanlike about it. I, you know, I'm really curious. I mean, you, you see people around the web or I mean, in general, like when you look at any artist of any sort, uh, like masters of their craft stand out, uh, like, you know, and always, it doesn't matter what the craft is. And I'm really curious, I mean, if you're guiding somebody on this path of mastering a craft, I mean, what, what advice do you have for them and how do you balance the the sort of workman uh, mindset with sort of the right-brained, you know, creativity and, you know, the, the, the signature, the thing that actually does make you unmistakable?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, so the advice to get them is like, yeah, develop that workman mentality. Because uh, like, there's so many people who don't have it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think why a lot of people fail. Cause they just think that, you know, inspir- you know, the muses will just come to them and they'll magically just <laughs> produce great stuff, but it doesn't work that way. You have to like, you have to put in the work and then that's when the, that's when the magic happens. Um, and as far as, you know, bringing in that bright brain stuff, that right brain mentality, I mean, you just got to have fun with it. Like not take yourself, uh, too seriously and not take the topic too seriously at times. you kind of be detached from it a little bit. Um, so you can find, uh, places where you can have fun and, you know, inject some humor or, um, just get creative. Uh, cause I know a lot, I know there's some people who just, they take things so seriously that they, they can't find rooms to be playful with it or experiment with it. So, um, yeah, uh,
2: don't take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's do this. Let, let's shift gears a little bit. I mean, let, let's talk about this whole concept of, of the art of manliness, because I, I think there's a much bigger sort of narrative here that than you know, b- building a popular men's magazine. I, I, but I think it, in a lot of ways, I mean, what you guys do is a social commentary about yeah. what is going on with masculinity. And I think this is the more interesting part of your story to me.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I also started the site because look, I, at the time I was 25, 24 years old and I was married and I, I felt like, you know, I looked at guys that were my age and like, they were just, a lot of them were just like, you know, there's, I don't know, they were, they were, they, were, they were, like still in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. They weren't, they weren't really, and you know, there's all this commentary about like why that is and whatever. And, you know, instead of, and what we try what we try to do on the site, instead of like talking about the problems with, of men and what's wrong with men, I mean, I'd rather just focus on like, here's what you can do. Um, and, you know, but occasionally we will talk about, um, the history of masculinity because I think that's important to know. Mm-hmm. Um, cause a lot, a lot of people just think like, you know, what it means to be a man in America, uh, it's always been the same and. It's the same everywhere you go, and it's this. It was the same in the 1800s as it is now, but it's it's not true. And um, so, yeah, we'll we'll explore, you know, the history of masculinity, what it, what it means to be a man. Um, but we try to do it in a way where, you know, we're not. I'm not trying to be controversial. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people just, they, they like to do that. They like to get in the flame wars with feminists and whatever. And that's just not my style because I don't think it's productive at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, like what we're trying to do in the art of manliness is bring back this, uh, what I call as a classical ideal of manliness. Um, what I mean by that that is the the idea that, of manliness that um, that started with the ancient Greeks, um, the ancient Romans, and really was with us in the West until about the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, when a lot of the um, you know we, the social changes we had during that time. And what I mean by the classical idea of manliness is. You know, if you asked someone like on the street, like what in, in ancient Rome or even in America in the 17th, you know, the 19th, 18th century or someone in the 19th century, like what does manliness mean to to you? And they would say things like, oh, well, being a man or manliness means, you know, being a man of virtue means being, you know, having strength, having uh, you know, not just physical strength, but also moral um, and intellectual strength, courage. Means having honor. It means being industrious. It means um, providing and uh, contributing. That was another important. Like it was it, being a man in ancient Rome and even in a, a um, in America until you know fairly recently. Being a man meant you had to contribute to society. Um, you had to be engaged in the public sphere and not um, think only about yourself. And um, and to me that that's just, that just that tastes good. That idea of manliness. And now when you ask what, you know, guys, like, what does it mean to be manly? Like they'll say dumb stuff. Like, Oh, being manly means like sports and playing video games and like eating meat. And it's, it's very manliness today is very self-centered. I feel like very narcissistic. Um, and so we're trying to bring kind of re revive this idea of, of manliness being something more positive positive. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of sort of the, what we sort of the, I guess it's more cartoonish what we have today.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I think the media narrative around it is really, uh, you know, what drives so much of it to, to be what it is today.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, that, that's a, that's a big problem and we've addressed that a few times on the site. Um, what I think is interesting is, um, in, I mean, just in the, since I've started the site, you've, it's been interesting to see how, um, how much manliness is like in the media, right. And how, like what's wrong with men, what's going on with men and why are men this way? And then like, you're seeing, you know, even sitcoms that are like just about men. Um, and, um, you're seeing like this whole, like, uh, the whole, there's like, it's just like businesses that are geared towards like this whole manly man thing. Like, uh, there's like mustache waxes and like, you know, flint, you know, workwear and like, you know, I don't know, just, it's just like, it's crazy what's happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, it manliness the idea of manliness is definitely has been in the spotlight for the past five or six years. Um, So it's been interesting. I think there's, um, you know, as always with anything in the popular media, I mean, there's going to be some sort of, there's gonna be a lot of silliness, but I I do think there's been some good stuff from that. I mean, there's like, um, I mean, here's a perfect example. One thing we've, we've talked on the site is that uh, in the media, men are often portrayed as sort of these buffoons that can't do anything. Mm-hmm. right? You see it in commercials and in sitcoms. Um, but I've been pleased to see is like television shows that portray men in very positive ways. And, like one of my f- all-time favorite TV shows um, was um, Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just an awesome show. It's just about—I yeah. mean, it was—it was—it was the it was sh- was football show, not about football. And it was just—I think it gave such great examples of men, young men, and men trying to do the right thing, uh-huh. right? And I, I just love it. I mean, it's just—I mean, Coach Taylor is the most—I <laughs> like—I want him to like be my coach. I want to meet Coach Taylor. Um, and it was just great to see the other male characters in that show. Um, struggling right with problems and issues, but trying to figure out, you know, in the end, like how to be the best man they can be. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah, I well, yeah, you, yeah I love that you're up, Coach Taylor. It's funny; I think I remember reading somewhere. I, it might have been in an interview, uh, you know, on this a show called Off Camera, uh, where you know somebody was interviewing uh, Michael B. Jordan, the guy who plays Vince Howard, and yeah. he was saying, you know, he's like Coach Taylor, basically. He's like not only does he everybody's coach, you know, not the guy everybody wants as their coach, but Like every woman wants that guy as their husband there's something about him that really, um, I mean, you're right. I mean, he like that, you know, if that is how you are portrayed as a man, you'd be like, you know, that's something I'd be completely proud of and completely okay with.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, yeah, he, what's amazing. What I love about coach Taylor is like, he, uh, he doesn't, that doesn't have it figured out. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's this, in those moments where he's just like, he doesn't know what to do with his, like. You know his kids and like these, you know his football players that have these problems, but um, he, he's got like this moral code, right? That he follows and he sticks to it no matter what. And um, and and he's and he definitely has like a, I mean, he 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 has a confidence. I mean, there's there's yeah, he uh, at times is. Uh, Uh, you know, unsure, or maybe he, he feels a bit of fear, but he has like this confidence in himself and in those principles that if he just puts his confidence in those, like everything will be okay. No matter however, however it turns out. Um, I think, yeah, men want that, like respect that. And like women, I find that attractive because there's not a lot of guys like that.
4: Mm -hmm. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat rounded textured or tall.
5: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in
2: three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. yeah well I think that they, they that you know are are the remainder of the media narrative causes you to take that too far like in the in the wrong direction almost How do you mean by that um well, I guess you know like you said that he's confident, but there's a humility to him as well
1: yeah, exactly I mean that's the thing like there's there's definitely a humble like I think a lot of I feel like a lot of young men uh miss that they just think like they have to be like alpha, which means like mm-hmm. you have to make this like confident or like not confident it's, like cocky um prick right um but i don't know there's something about just like the the quiet confidence that uh i think is more to me more inspiring um and uh yeah, just, it's just definitely more inspiring. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, let me ask you this on that note. I mean, how do we get back to that? Uh, you know, considering what we're seeing in the world around us and, and, you know, our, our media, our influences are constantly shaped by exactly what you're talking about uh, like bling and, you know, <laughs> and crazy music videos and all that stuff. I mean, how do we get back to that sort of, you know, what would you call it effectively the classical idea of manliness? Well,
1: I mean, I think one thing you can do is, I mean, like we're, that's what we're trying to do on the site is trying to help show people what they can do to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, you know, recognize it right. Whenever you see, um, a, a young man, right. That's why I think it's so important for like why mentors are so important. That's what we talked about on the site. Like young men need that validation, right? That they're out they're doing the right thing and they need an older man to be like, yeah, that's keep doing that. That's great. What you're doing. Um, because right now, I think a lot of young men don't get that. And in the absence of that, they're just going to follow their peers and just do whatever their peers thinks is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the other I think I think you can do is just, I mean, like what we're trying to do, like look to the past, right? I mean, and, and I want to be upfront, like, you know, there's a lot of things about the past when it comes to masculinity that's not very positive. Uh, we 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 don't look at the past with like rose tinted glasses for sure, um, but I think there's a lot to be learned from that uh, from the past, um, and it, when it when it, when it comes to being a man, um, so like study you know great men from history and see how they um, grappled with problems and what they did in their development um, in, in the becoming men, and then also look at uh, you know the mistakes that they made and see how you can learn from those, uh, those mistakes. Um, so, I mean, that's what I, I think you need like mentorship, um, looking to the past and finding inspiration there mm-hmm. and, um, a- acknowledging, um, when young men, you know, when men do things that are, are right, like give them praise. I mean, that's one of the problems we have in our society today is that we often like, um, just like we often go after men when they're at their worst, um, but we hardly recognize when they do things that are positive, positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's—I mean—that's just it, it's the it's the nature of the beast. What the media is, because you know, it's yeah. the whole "if it bleeds, it leads" thing, um, and negativity sells. Um, but I, I think we need to counter that. So I don't know. I think if more people who tweeted or Facebooked or shared something about a story that of a, of a man who did something who kind of lived up to this classical ideal of manliness, that's awesome. That needs to be out there in front of people uh, more often.
2: How can companies and organizations do unmistakable work? Well, there are a few ways, but it involves going outside the regular standard operating procedures, and that scares companies. In a culture of uniformity, it's intimidating to choose to stand out, but I really do believe that creativity is one of the most underutilized assets in most companies, and this puzzles me because creativity applied in business directly translates into innovation. Speaking is one of the few avenues where I get to share these ideas in person rather than online. Think my message might be a good fit for your event or organization? Get in touch at unmistakablecreative.com slash speaking. Again, that's unmistakablecreative.com slash speaking. Yeah. You know, I, I really appreciate that you're bringing this perspective to us. Uh, it's, it's one that, you know, I really, it's a refreshing one because I think that you're right. I think the implications for it and, and the byproducts of it, they seem like they would only be positive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's that's what I think. So yeah.
2: Well, talk to me about. I mean, have you have you had stories of people who've been transformed as a byproduct of the site? Like, I mean, you've seen people go from like like an evolution of their own. And, and I mean, for you, have there been molding moments uh, throughout this entire journey of building this? Okay, well, to that
1: to that first question, yeah. I mean, one of that's the best thing about running the site. I mean, that's like it's what we what we we. I mean, that makes our day, makes our week, makes our month. Whenever we get letters, I mean, people handwrite us letters. Wow. Uh, telling us how the site has changed their life. And it, I mean, it's amazing that every, I mean, the, the, every story is different, but they all sort of had the same, you know, outline, right? Like guys who just, they were in the, 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 the lowest of the lows, right. They, maybe they got dumped, maybe they lost their job. They had a, a dad that died. Um, and we had, you know, a young man who, you know, he, they got diagnosed with cancer and you know, their dreams of doing something were just totally taken away from them. And, um, they're just, they didn't feel They didn't, they just felt like they weren't capable of doing anything great. And they're just in the dumps and then they find, find the site somehow. Right. And they start reading it and they just talk about how it's changed their life like just doing small things that we recommend um on a, uh, just a regular basis uh, just helped them get out of that that hole and gave them the i don't know the the motivation the the tools they could that they needed to um build a better life for themselves so yeah we get that all the time i mean it's just it's amazing and mean, that's that that's why you do it that, that's why we're doing it is i mean the help help these help men out there, um, become the best men they can be. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I got an, I got this like giant, uh, folder full of all these letters. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as me, as, uh, it goes for me. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, it's, it's, um, it's molded me. I mean, I've, I mean, you can, in the, the silly sense, I've learned lots of skills, because of the blog because if I I needed, if I was going to write about it, I had to know how to do it. So I had to go out and learn it. So, you know, I've learned how to do all sorts of cool manly things because of it. But, um, on a more serious note, um, it, yeah, it's, I, you, you can't help, um, to be a better, better man after reading biographies of, you know, just really great men doing just good things, um, in their own lives and for, and for their community around them and then writing about it and then writing about how, you know, just principles, um, to live by, you know, you want to, you know, if you write about it, you want to do your best to, to live by it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, uh, shaped me into a, a better man. Cause like, you know, you, you want to be, it, it, it really holds you accountable, mm-hmm. uh, with your behavior when you're out there researching and writing about that cause you don't want to be a hypocrite. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not to say that I am, I'm not like this paragon of manly virtue, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, it's a, it's a, it's a process that I'm, I'm I'm on there. I'm on the, I'm on the trail and journey with everyone else. Um, but it it definitely has helped me become a better man.
2: You know, so a question comes to me from that. You know, I I love that you have people who handwrite letters to you. I think that's incredible. Uh, in an increasingly noisy and, and crazy world in which everybody is addicted to their smartphones. I guess for me, the question that comes from that is, I mean, how do you create that kind of a connection with your art? Like, how do you develop that connection with the receiver? Uh, whether it's through a book, whether it's through a movie, I mean, what is it about, you know, art that creates that? And how do you, how is that, is that something we can do as it come from a place of intention? I mean, where does, how does yeah. that happen? Well, I mean,
1: well, for starters, like that's how, that's our contact form. <laughs> like if people want to reach us, they can tweet us or write us a letter. I used to have an email contact form, but it, it just basically got spammed with, um, PR pitches and mm-hmm. just crazy people complaining about weird stuff on our <laughs> site. I mean, just, and so I was like, you know, if you want to reach me, write me a letter. And what's funny since we've, we've done that about over a year ago, uh, uh-huh like the just like the crazy rant complaints, like they've disappeared. Like, I think I've gotten like one like letter where some guy, you know, wanted to tell me off about something that I wrote. Um, but the, all the letters, I mean, I get letters everywhere. I go to the, I mean, I love going to my PO box and pulling out, you know, 10 letters. And it's just like, they're thank you letters. Thank you cards. So I think it's, I think it's really uh, interesting about human nature. Maybe this sort of interests your, interests your readers. Um, yeah. I think Anger is such a like a spur of the moment emotion. Like Mm -hmm. you feel that anger, like you feel like you have to act right now. Um, I gotta, I gotta tweet this out. I'm so angry. Look at these people did. Oh, I gotta share this on Facebook. Look at these people. I'm. Oh, I gotta write them a letter. I hate what they did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send them an email. <laughs> um, but like when you put this barrier between people, like right, where, it's, Oh, you have to like bring out, you have to get a, a piece of paper to get an envelope. Oh crap. I gotta go to the post office and buy a stamp. <laughs> they soon realize, Oh, what I'm angry about is actually not that important. Um, and they don't do it, but the people who like feel positive, right. They, they genuinely, they're, they're grateful. Like they're willing to make that effort.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so like, yeah, uh, positivity, uh, I don't know. It's something, I guess it, uh, produces more sustained effort and negativity gives you sort of this like spur of the moment, uh, motivation that dissipates very quickly if you don't act on it while you're angry. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, when I, when I, as far as the, I mean, I mean, we're just, we're trying, I mean, what, what compels people to write thank you letters, um, is, I mean, we try to be as useful as possible, um, with our, with our blog posts, right. We're not, I'm not, I'm not like, I, I don't post babes of the day or like <laughs> galleries of like chicks and yoga pants, um, that I know a lot of men's websites do like, I, I want to make these guys lives better, um, in any, in in any small way. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think
2: if you try to help people, they're going to say thank you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a lot of women who read your site too, right?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I I mean, I'd say about 20% of our readership is women. Um, and a lot of it, it's like, you know, it's like women who like share the site, then they go on to share the site with their boyfriends or their husbands or their brothers. So like, wow, this is a great men's magazine. Like, you know, it's not like your typical FHM or Maxim. Mm -hmm. Um, it's actually great stuff here. Um, and I also think, yeah, I mean, yeah, women are interested in something. It's weird. Like I think women are very intrigued by like the world of men. Mm -hmm. Um, for some reason it doesn't go, both ways <laughs> I, I mean like I mean it's it's kind of weird like I know women will like read Esquire or GQ I know who like women who are fans of that magazine uh-huh. but like I don't know many guys who would like read Cosmo or like Women's Day um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting I don't yeah. know I don't know what, what goes on there but yeah
2: uh, yeah about 20% 20-25% of our readership is women mm-hmm. which, which is okay with me well, let me ask you this, um, and we'll start wrapping things up because I know you got to get going here. Uh, one of the things that's interesting is, I mean, you're you're playing this game on a whole other level. I mean, at this point, you're probably in the you know in in the league of many of these men's magazines, and I mean, effectively, you're running like what is a massive media brand. And I'm very curious, kind of, you know, what are the the challenges that have come with that? I mean, and what are the opportunities that have showed up as a byproduct of that? Uh, I mean, obviously this it sounds like this has been life changing for you. And it started really just out of passion, not with the idea that it was going to turn into this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great question. So challenges. I mean, yeah, that's a, what I think a lot of people fail to understand. is Like whenever you have success, people always think about the benefits. Like, Oh yeah, I reached <laughs> my goal. Oh wow. Look, I can, but they don't think about like the, the problems or challenges that success bring. They never prepare for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that's definitely been there. So like, you know, just growing this, you know, finding ways to sustain the site. Because as you get, as a a website gets bigger, like a lot of people don't know this when they start websites, like, you know, like page views cost money. Like like every time someone visits the site, like they're using your bandwidth. Uh Um, And like, you know, when I first started out, I I had like the $10 a month dream host, you know, thing. And that was great, you know, when you had, you know, a couple thousand page views a month. But then when you get like, get slammed by dig or like Reddit and like your site goes down for two days. um, That's no good. Like you can't have that happen. So you have to keep continuously as our site has gotten bigger, we've had to upgrade servers and, you know, increase our bandwidth to accommodate the traffic. Um, So that's been a challenge that I didn't think about before. Um, Other challenges as you get bigger is um, yeah, you you're presented with opportunities like people want more of you. Like Mm -hmm. they, they see that you have this like audience, right? Like prickly advertisers and PR agencies. And then just anybody who has a business that like, they want to be, they want some in on the action. Mm Um, so I understand like, right. We have this, like we have a, a very passionate, engaged audience. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, you would love to have your product or service featured in front of them. Um, So, but we have to be careful because like, we are very protective of our readers. Mm -hmm. Like, um, we don't, uh, you know, we're not going to throw up just random advertorials, um, of some product or, you know, shill things like we don't really believe in. Um, so like having just to deal with that, like, you know, knowing, yeah, just like that, walking that fine line of, um, You know, we, we got to support the site. We got to, you know, you got to have the pay the bills, keep the lights on. So we need advertising, Mm -hmm. but to do it in a way that's not obtrusive, that's transparent, um, and all that. So that's a challenge. And then the other challenge too, as you get bigger, yeah, more opportunities come your way and people are like, yeah, you should do this. You should go in this direction. Um, and there's always this temptation to like, I'm going to blow this up. I'm going to like, I'm going (laughs) to, besides the blog, I'm going to have like a clothing line. I'm going to have, you know, a a man convention. I'm going to have like man classes. Um, there's that temptation. Um, but, uh, we've, we've had this conversation and I I just, I don't, I don't think we we always say no, because I don't, I think it would take us away from what we're really good at, which is producing just Really, just content that's useful for uh-huh. guys. Uh, even though you know we have people like, oh, you need to have like a art of manliness convention. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't think it would be that. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I would do a great job at it. Uh-huh. And I think it would just it would be a, a distraction because I've known people who put on conventions or whatever. And they said like, it just consumes your life mm-hmm. for well, a I year. Tell,
2: I can tell you firsthand. I'm in the process yeah. of it right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, there, there you go. Um, so that, that's the challenge. Um, that's another challenge we have and just, yeah, opportunities are great. I mean, I have had the opportunity to like talk to cool people, um, um, and, uh, just learn new things. Um, but yeah, so it, it, I mean, it, it's a great, I mean, I, you, it, it's a dream job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to, to do what I do. And I, I don't, I try not to take it for granted ever. Um, so yeah, there, there's
2: that. Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, this is really interesting because I mean, what I'm getting, it's funny because it brings us sort of full circle to, you know, the moral code that we talked about when we were talking about coach Taylor. And I, I feel like, I feel like that's an undertone throughout everything that you do. Like there's a moral code and you, you abide by it and there's no, no exceptions to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we do our best to, to do that. And, um, you just have to constantly keep reminding it, it's tough. Cause like, sometimes you're like given opportunities where you're like, wow, that would, that's a lot of money. Like I have probably turned down tens of thousands of dollars, maybe hundreds of thousand dollars worth of advertising opportunities because it just didn't fit my brand and I didn't feel comfortable with it. Um, and, uh, with would, would that extra money, would have been nice. Of course. Um, but, Th- th- what 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 we're doing on the site right is more important than that money <laughs> you
2: know? Well, I love that. And I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, your commitment to it. I mean, it's one of those, I mean, that, that's that been, you know, me, I've, I've turned down guests and scrapped interviews in order to maintain, you know, that level of integrity, at least with the show to say, okay, you know what, this just isn't up to snuff. And I'm not going to publish yeah. it or I will, you know, scrap it and say, sorry, It just, it won't work. Um, I've even turned down some very, very prominent guests because I just, I was like, you're not in line with our mission yeah yeah and that's hard to do that's Mm -hmm. really hard to do because i mean yeah we would see a big spike if we had them
1: oh yeah yeah sure i mean you could you could do a lot of things right um and we've seen that on our own side like i know i mean there's things we could do to like spike our traffic Mm -hmm. easily um but you know you you have to you think you have to think the long game that's what we're trying to do we're thinking the long game
2: well, I love that. I mean, I love that it, it's so, you know, there's so there's more, to me, this is really about building a, a legacy of manliness rather than a, a sort of, you know, one hit wonder or sort of yeah. you know, trendy couple of years, of, but something that has a legacy. So, Brett, I, I, you know, uh, I, I know you got it going. So I'm going to close with my final question. Uh, sure. You know, you and I spoke five years ago and the world, maybe not five years ago, but like almost three years ago when you were, you know, with us when it was called Blogcast FM and the world has become so much noisier than it was when you know you started when i started and you know the more i think about it the more i feel that having an unmistakable signature is the key to actually you know you know standing out above the noise so you know i'd like to ask you based on your own experience in this kind of world how do you become unmistakable
1: um well for us it's just putting an effort and like being being um i think going for depth uh, I think makes you unmistakable in a world that's very shallow, particularly in on the online world, right? Where you're either, where it's just like memes and like, just like really just, you know, two minute YouTube videos or that's, that's most content online. Um, and I think if you go in depth and be thorough, that will set you apart from probably 95% of the content out there. Um, so there's our thing, but like being in depth, be thorough, um, and have a purpose.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, Brett, uh, this has been really, really great. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. It, it's great to have you back a second time and, and really hear kind of how much has changed. And, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and share some of your insights with our listeners here at unmistakable creative.
1: Hey, thanks. It's been a, it's
2: been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you listening, we'll close the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the unmistakable creative podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating?